everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a quick reminder. I mean, we, we tell you every time, but this isn't a spoiler free podcast, you know, so if you don't want spoilers, this isn't the place to be. But listen to us later if that's the case, because it's still fun. Having said that, I'm Melissa. And I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm great today. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, this was a fun one, wasn't it? We watched episode nine from season one called Thanksgiving. This one originally aired November 24th, 1998. Written by Andrea Newman and directed by Danny Liner. And the summary is... Felicity's hurt when Noel downplays their friendship to his girlfriend, Hannah, who's visiting for Thanksgiving, but may transfer to New York. Meanwhile, Elena begrudgingly visits her dad and Ben can't locate his plane ticket. So that's what they wanted to tell us about it up front. And there was so much fun stuff in this episode, Fish. Where do you want to start? Well, I'm a bit of a sucker for, you know, the Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas type episodes. So I enjoyed this one. Um, I think that they did something that probably is hard to do, which is they gave us a sense of everyone's family situations, as well as I think capturing that first Thanksgiving away from home when you really surround yourself with your new family. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved the, you know, the last scene with the table all set and everyone around just having fun and looking at each other. And I liked that this was how they did the first one uh-huh. because it really felt like a sense of new beginning at that table, even though there is sort of the ending between Uh, Noel and Hannah, even that fits into a sense of most of the people around this table are going to be together and friends for quite a while. So I really enjoyed that they were able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. I think you mentioned a good point that they created that balance of like, this is the people that you just met. And then this is what we're coming from. Um, even though this is sort of a weird place for me to start, this really resonated for me. We get, you know, in the, uh, what's happening with the other people of the dorm, uh, check-in we had Lewis give the most heartfelt goodbye to Noel <laughs> towards the start of the episode, you know, Lewis, we've seen him a little bit here and there, and he's saying goodbye to Noel as if it's the last time he's ever going to see him. And Noel actually says, are you leaving for good? And Lewis is like, no, just for vacation. And, you know, he's just going away for Thanksgiving. And Noel just says with a totally straight face, well, Lewis, I'll see you in five days. And (laughs) it seemed so, so silly but it actually really captured how I felt saying goodbye to people, I'm re- especially freshman year. I mean, when you're in college, you say a lot of goodbyes to people. Like you're constantly going away from school for holidays or for winter break. And for me, I really felt those, those moments of loss. And so to see Lewis, his very first time having to do that just crushed 
um, you know, see, saying a goodbye that felt like a cinematic goodbye with only, you know, a five day gap between the next time you'd see <laughs> Noel. It's like, oh, that feels right. But I think it actually sets up this episode really well because it's like you do build these bonds and you kind of can't imagine being away from them for five days. And uh, yet what we get to see in this episode is the strength of the bonds that have been built. So I, I appreciated that we saw both sides of it here. Yeah. And was Lewis, remind me, was he one of the two people who their roommate was going to stab the other one? I believe one? so. Yes, okay. I believe so. So I guess somehow that's cleared up. You know, yeah, we're so now seeing now. Lewis as just a comedic guy. <laughs> you know, like we've, we've dropped that baggage, uh, <laughs> I guess, at this point. I don't think it's the, I, and I don't think it's the last time we'll see him either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back to my Thanksgivings. So I didn't really have a Thanksgiving away from home until grad school when I was in California and my parents were on the East Coast. And so that was the first time uh, that I had it away. So I didn't have this in college, this group of people who all stayed together. I think it was probably a lot more common among the international students, mm -hmm. both because most don't celebrate Thanksgiving unless you're from Canada and then it's a different time of the year. Um, or and, and it's hard to get, you know, a ticket home for four or five days. <laughs> so, um, but I think it was nice that, you know, Noel had to stay behind and so Hannah was coming to visit. And I thought it was interesting that I, I, Felicity probably would have stayed anyway, given how Julie was feeling. But you could kind of also tell that she really wanted to meet Hannah. Mm -hmm. And so the whole Noel and Hannah dynamic throughout this, I thought was just amazingly awkward mm -hmm. in the best possible ways. Um, they throw us right into that. Well, I mean, yeah. the first time we see Hannah, she's there's that incredibly awkward introduction outside of the elevator where Noel is introducing Hannah and Julie and Felicity all together. And we'll get it. We can get into that. I'm sure quite a bit in a moment, but then they go immediately back into their room, Hannah and Noel do. And they have this really intense, very short, very abruptly ended makeout session where it was like, Oh, we're really into it. No, you know what? We're actually not, this isn't yeah. a thing. Uh, huh. <laughs> it's just I kind of like, I kind of felt like that was the whole trip for them yeah where they probably both had built up these expectations around we're going to see each other you know we've just been lonely and missing each other and it, they sort of have all these false starts mm -hmm. where they expect one thing and then meh, doesn't really work out so you know they're like ripping each other's clothes off and they're in bed and they're like I'm hungry. Yeah. You like hungry? This? Yeah. Is this, this what we want? No, no not at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Ever. There's so much of that in this episode. And I think, you know, when we get those scenes of Noel and Hannah together, I think it's these really like juicy moments of, um, 
you know, Julie labels it later on in the episode to Felicity. She says, you know, they're probably readjusting. And I actually think that's a really good word to put to almost everybody in this episode. Um, you know, I think Julie's readjusting. I think that Hannah and Noel are certainly readjusting this, this feeling of like, you know, by the end of the episode, we know that both Hannah and Noel have had their eye on somebody else. And, you know, Hannah says that, you know, they haven't really like gone all the way. We don't know really how far it's gone with this other guy, but she certainly has been building a connection and Noel has as well with Felicity. So like, I think they're now at a point where they've got somebody else to compare each other to. And they're trying to make a decision in a new way, right? It's not like, is that, are we right for each other? It's like, are we more right for each other than these other people we have in mind? So it feels a lot like, oh, we want this to be familiar and we've talked about the future and it this should be a comfortable thing, but does it work anymore? And they're really actively testing that with each other as we go through. Yeah, I wrote down comfort as well. Because I think it's really interesting how they've done Hannah's clothes and makeup in comparison to Felicity and how she interacts with Noel, uh, again, in comparison. She is, you know, she's got her glasses. She has a bit of a life plan. She's wearing very modest clothes, not, uh, you know, hardly any makeup, um, sort of. I don't know that this was uh, meant to be what they said, but she's not really trying. You know, we've seen her in other shows like Alias and Jennifer Garner is a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And in this, she's really not trying to impress Noel at all. And I kind of feel maybe he's not trying to impress her either because Although Felicity's there, and and maybe it's just his really bad fashion choices, but that oversized brown shirt was really unfortunate. Um, (laughs) It was just, oh, no, why? so funny, because the fashion choices here really make an impact on you. And I'm telling you, I I still couldn't even tell you, like, what color hair half of them have. Um, So I'm like, it's not details I tend to notice. So it's so funny when when you feel like disturbed by them um <laughs> in a deep-seated way it's like you have these visceral reactions to I choices. do yeah clothing makeup hair yeah it's like how people are presenting themselves and I mean in that scene with uh I think it's most starkly seen in the scene between Hannah and Julie the second time there in the bathroom where Julie's crying and not Julie, right, right. where Hannah's crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, in the Felicity scene, and Hannah, Hannah's crying the second time. Yeah. And she gives a roll of toilet paper, that one. Yeah. Let me try this again. Yeah. In that scene with <laughs> Hannah and Felicity, when they're in the bathroom the second time, and Hannah's crying, and Felicity has on just this really beautiful makeup, mm-hmm. and Hannah's got basically nothing, and she has this sort of blue high cut sweater on uh it's it's just really obvious who's trying and who's not and the other thing about Hannah is she is so serious and adult and 
trying to see if her and Noel can work out and what are the logistics around that. And Noel is playing with a magic eight ball, mm-hmm. which yeah. is what he and Felicity do. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's ready to settle down. She might be more ready to settle down with anyone just in life, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, he's a college sophomore and, you know, moving in together and that's a big step or at least being in the same city and continuing to see someone for years and years. It's just, it's a lot for him, I think. And he, he uses certain things like the magic eight ball to try to break the tension. Um, well, I think the magic eight ball is like a, it's, it's definitely a symbol of the relationship that he has with each of these women, right? Because the, the way they interact with it is completely different. I mean, you know, Felicity's totally game for the magic eight ball. And in fact, she knows things about the magic eight ball that Noel doesn't even wish he knew. Like he's like, Oh, outlook good is a thing. That's how I selected this sweater to pack. Um, And so she, she's like all in on the magic eight ball. And then, you know, I think that scene with Hannah was really interesting where not only does she sort of reject the magic eight ball as a means of having a conversation or making any sort of choice, but she led into that by basically spitting on his most important valued technology. You know, like she's now a PC person, not a Mac, which is blaspheming in Noel's world. And she says something like, oh, maybe must be a dirty line. And he like his face just <laughs> drops. Like you're telling me that what I've got in here isn't enough. <laughs> and you've got a PC now, uh, even if they are cross platform, you know, most of the titles that they use, like she is just on a different page from him. And um, you really feel it in that scene. It's all these little subtleties or it's like, Oh, I used to know you. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt. She comes in and just drops this bombshell on him that she's bought a pc and i will say back in the 90s that was a huge thing mac versus pc people they were just different and you were one or the other mm-hmm. you did not hang out with sort of the other group um so i think that was accurate she has changed she is maturing into you know the pc is corporate and you know, not as creative and flexible. And she calls this magic eight ball a toy, but you have to realize it's one thing to use a magic eight ball to decide which sweater you're going to take home. It's another thing to use it to find an apartment in a Mm -hmm. new city. So I think that's also part of the, the comparison here is it's, a lot more serious with Hannah and he's not ready for that. So, you know, I, it makes a lot of sense, I think for that early high school to college relationship and is probably the way that many end uh, both between high school and college and college and after college. Mm -hmm. So when you have these big life transitions, you really have to, build your whole life around being with someone. And that is a big decision to make. Yeah. It's a huge decision to make. And, you know, she's, 
she's grappling with the size of choice that Felicity was grappling with at the very beginning of this season. You know, the, I've moved to New York. Should I not be here anymore? Should I move back? And Noel was, uh, showed up as a totally different person in that time because, because his feelings with her were new. And so like, you know, the Noel we saw in that situation was giving her motivational speeches and, and stuff. And here, you know, he's putting his hand on his forehead. He's doing the thing. Uh, I wrote in my notes, Noel's whole system is under attack. Um, like he's just so like sweating and talking fast and breathless and stressed for this whole episode in a very uncomfortable way. You know, we've seen Noel get excited. This isn't that. Noel is just, his whole body is attacking him. <laughs> he, he, he says, you know, when Hannah and Felicity together, it's like a chemical reaction for him. And he doesn't think that's a normal thing. And Julie's like, yeah, that's to be expected. So it's just kind of interesting to see it all manifest for him in that way. And, you know, I love that this, this episode actually sets up some fun little things that'll happen in the future. Like Hannah asks him if he's had beets because, you know, he has an allergic reaction to beets and she's wondering if maybe that has something to do with why he looks so stressed and on edge and uncomfortable. Um, and we'll see more with that in the future. So oh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode folks. Um, but like they're just these little things that get set up here. They did a really good job in this episode of setting those little things up for now and calling back to some, because even like I, I noticed in Sean's apartment, Sean and Ben's apartment, as they were walking out the door, that the disposable camera vending machine is right there, you know? So it's like, they're, they're not losing these little details that they've been building. I still say that is a genius invention. And I think that they used to exist, but oh, poor Sean. He's so, he's so he brags about this party and how great it's gonna be and you know he doesn't want to admit that he doesn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving and then you've got Ben walking back in on him with his you know sub sandwiches his turkey subs sort of the bachelor Thanksgiving and I, I love his sort of stomach growing theory like, <laughs> eat these and then your stomach will grow and then you can eat more and he hands ben which i think those were those old disgusting power bars they're probably still around and you eat them and it's just like a rock in your stomach and they are really disgusting so i don't know why he thought that was the way to go uh was a, a protein bar but He's letting Ben know what he should wear, uh, you know, make sure he's contempo casual because if anyone knows fashion, it's Sean. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I love their, their relationship is getting closer and they have this funny relationship where I think it was the last episode or one of the other ones where Ben is now starting to say, like, you'll get it for the door. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you know, he, he walks away from the table toward the, I think the elevator or the freight um, elevator. And you're thinking, oh, Ben, you're not gonna invite Sean. 
I mean, he's clearly just sitting there. And then Ben looks back and he's like, so you coming or not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're just starting to really bond and get each other. Yeah, I'm enjoying those two. I mean, well, first of all, not for nothing. Sean's been using Ben's razor for a good long time now. (laughs) He comes out, you know, first thing we see from Sean, a face full of shaving cream. And he's like, he goes to Ben like, where's your razor? And Ben's like, I packed it because it's my razor. And then, you know, by the end of the episode where we, we know like, oh, he's been using this razor the whole time. I mean, Sean just does what he <laughs> feels like doing. But it is so sad that he's been like feigning popularity this whole time. For, you know, he's really been talking up this party, talking, it's his brother's party. And then he calls his cousin and Ben's like, what is this deal? Like, you've made this up. But, you know, it just ends up coming off kind of lonely and sad And I think, you know, Ben just knowing I need to bring this guy to the next location with me. I really appreciate that. I think there's a generosity with Ben. And, you know, although Sean's not a great advice giver in general, I would say we will find in the show, he advises Ben to go contempo casual and look a little nicer for Thanksgiving dinner. And the moment Julie compliments him on his outfit, Ben's like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Okay. Thank you for the thanks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of the very few times in this show where Sean's advice is going to land. Uh, (laughs) So appreciate the moment now, folks. You're not going to get a lot of examples (laughs) like this moving forward, Uh, but we have at least this one. Well, Ben was looking pretty good in this one. His hair was on point. He had a leather jacket on and we could tell when he walked back in that, uh, in through the elevator, I mean, Julie's giving him the eye, you know, looks like maybe something there is, is starting to heat up again. And it's a good thing that Ben did change because Javier's there. And I mean, Javier was very clear that he needed to make everything, you know, nice. Yeah. Because it was not, and Julie therefore must change. Out of her um, shirt, yes. yes. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe I was the only one that heard this, and it wasn't supposed to be funny. But when Javier asked for candles, mm-hmm. did everyone else hear condoms? Yeah. So he has to say, Javier says a few times, uh, like candles, but he says it with a really thick accent and Julie's just looking at him like, huh? And we've all had those moments where you think you're hearing something else, but it's, you're pretty sure that's not the word they're saying. And you just wait for your brain to catch up with what their mouth said. And, and Javier finally gets across like candles and oh, candles. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. This reminded me of a moment in college and I'm going to, I guess I'll try to be careful about how I say this to keep it clean for the folks listening. Um, But I remember in college, there was a class that I took. It was one of those big lecture hall classes. It was something like, you know, I don't know. it, It was a history class, but we talked a lot about philosophy. I can't remember what the class was called, but anyway, it was one of the bigger classes that I took. Uh, with a lot of people in the room and, you know, like sort of theater seating and you couldn't really see the people in the room very well. And the professor up front asked for people to name some philosophers of the era. And this guy in his, in the back must've raised his hand. I couldn't see him because I was in front of him. And 
she said, yeah, which one do you want to name? And he said, so, you know, Immanuel Kant is a philosopher, Mm -hmm. uh, last name spelled K-A-N-T, but he said it as if it were spelled C-U-N-T. And, but that was his voice. Like, that's how he spoke. So he said the last, he just said the last name. (laughs) And she was like, excuse me? (laughs) And then he said it again just the last name. And she's like, um, excuse me. And at this point, the unfortunate thing, if you've ever had this situation where everybody else, but the two people in the conversation understand exactly what's happening, but the two people in the conversation are really confused. So there was nothing the rest of us could do except let this thing play out. And after he had called her, he, she thought a bad word a few times he finally realized what was going on. <laughs> and he goes, Emmanuel. <laughs> and she's like, oh, 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 right, 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 right. And I, honestly, it was so silly because like, this is her wheelhouse. So she probably should have known straight mm-hmm. away what he was trying to say, but she just didn't. It was just not landing in that moment. And so this scene brought me right back to that moment. And I'm glad it did because I forgot about that one. (laughs) What a gem. What a gem of a moment. Um, Yeah. I just love those things where it's like everybody in the room understands that you're heading for a collision. (laughs) There's not a thing you can do about it. Um, That's what this candles situation was. So, or condoms, who knows what he was saying about Thanksgiving that year. I I always love Javier. He just, he makes everything better. But speaking of someone who was very confused, Ben. Mm. Ben got a lot of interesting information all at once. This was great. Ben was so great in this episode. (laughs) So poor Ben, his family has forgotten to get him a ticket. He was planning on going home, you know, ready to see the family, and then, nope, they just forgot about him. So he comes to Thanksgiving because he's been invited, and he comes in, and he he gets a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a sport about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just rolling with it. He stays patient. He just lets it keep adding up to you know, it's an equation that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here it is. Yep. So we have a lot of bathroom scenes in, in this episode. There's huh. a lot of bathrooms. So yeah. Um, I mean, as if, you know, the first magical kiss between Felicity and Noel wasn't enough. We now get this extended hot version in the men's bathroom, which I'm sure smelled awesome mm-hmm. and poor ben just kind of walks in and he's like oh there's some information all right i all right two people kissing interesting i'm gonna smile a little bit and just back out mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna walk over and talk to my friends just keeping this in the back of my mind there's a new girl here wonder who this is and I think was it Julie who introduces her? Felicity As, does. She's like, um, uh, that's that's this is uh this is Bill's girlfriend, Hannah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
more information. With, with, by the way, her hair still all askew from oh, the her hair was amazing. aggressive makeup scene we just saw. Yep. So she's she's introduced Hannah. All right. We got uh, two people making out. We got a new person. Oop, girlfriend of the guy making out. All right. Sure. And then uh, I think Julie says, and we're going to get a turkey coming with a guy. And he's just like, yep, got it. Okay. <laughs> then just heading yeah. out. And <laughs> just keeps going. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Like we're he just keeps with like, this. This, none of this goes together. The thing Julie said didn't make sense. A turkey nope. coming with a guy. Like nope. it, it sounded so sketchy, but it wasn't really sketchy. It was just a turkey coming with a guy, okay. specifically Javier. So uh, I just, he was he was, you know, MVP for keeping yep. things going without blowing up everybody's spot. <laughs> yep. Yep. He wasn't uh, gonna say anything. He was just, he, he slowly backed out of every situation. Mm-hmm. He backed out of the bathroom. Then he backed away from the girlfriend <laughs> and he kept moving towards the elevator. And then of course the elevator opens. There's the turkey with the guy <laughs> and Elena. And he's just like, I'm not going to comment on this. I'm just going to walk into the elevator and get some plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, he, God bless him. He just kept it moving. He, you know, he knew that he was not there to stop everybody's fun. Nope. <laughs> and so he just let it roll. Let's just, just deal with whatever's going to come next here. We watched that scene a couple times. That was great. Um, <laughs> even, even like everything about it. Cause Felicity just came out of this makeout session. So you know, we see her with the hair all flustered and, and discombobulated. And, you know, Julie is like, we, we need more plates. And Felicity is like, what should we do? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just at like an 11 where it really needed to be at like a three. And Ben is like, I'm gonna, I'll get some plates. <laughs> I will get some plates. And then they're having this conversation. And we see Noel walk by very awkwardly looking back at Felicity, just like, I'm going to keep going here. Uh, (laughs) Nobody noticed me. Um, Oh yeah. That whole thing was just, it just, all these great moments converged into one. And Ben, thank you for, for keeping it light (laughs) and making sure everybody could keep their secrets. Oh my goodness. Just keeping keeping his mouth closed, unlike everyone else who, you know, just continue to talk to each other. And so we've got what I thought was really fun also was Felicity wanting to talk to Noel Mm -hmm. and getting really frustrated with the fact that things were different when his girlfriend's around, which, you know, that it, it feels uncomfortable when somebody's girlfriend comes back if you've been having a closer relationship with her boyfriend. Yeah. So it's and really awkward. It's really awkward. And it starts from the very first introduction, right? If we go back to that and then move our way forward with it, like when Hannah and Noel come out of the elevator, Felicity and Julie were going to go in, but they end up stopping right in front of the elevator to have a conversation. 
And Noel is just like melting down in front of our eyes. And he, he introduces Julie first, cause this is the only non-threatening person in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he makes a big deal out of where she's from. She's from Maine. And then he kind of rolls around to Felicity, but he doesn't know what to say about her. So Felicity introduces herself. And he forgets her name. He doesn't he remember her name. He's in such a panic, he does not remember her name. And then he calls them kids from the dorm. And the look on Carrie Russell's face in this moment, she looks oh. like so disgusted. Um, <laughs> just like, who are you right now? You are not my friend. <laughs> like, nope. I can't handle you. And so, you know, we see all that go by. She's just clocking it all, just keeping it in mind. She asks Noel for the avocado pit back because she gave him one to watch. And now Noel needs to explain it all to Hannah yes. just to, to desensitize. <laughs> like, I'm going to, you know, take this thread away. So he's like, oh, okay, you see, she gave me a plant to watch while she was gone, which I would do because I'm an RA. He's like, <laughs> we don't need this much about the avocado pit. Yeah. But then I also love that everything starts boiling, kind of simmering. Mm down in Felicity. She's she's a little shocked at first, then she starts getting mad, then she gets more mad, and then there's this wonderful scene where she can't even sleep. She is really pissed, and she keeps trying to go to his door, and at one point, she just slaps this post-it on the door that says, give me back my pit. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna make it all about that and it was, oh it was fantastic that she just you know her routine's been disrupted and one of her main sort of supports ha- is taken away and she's she's pretty mad about this mm-hmm. and i don't know this i did have an issue with that scene because it's the first time that the music has actually taken me completely out of the scene Mm -hmm. because she's rolling around at night, can't get to sleep. And you've got this like upbeat country song playing. Mm -hmm. And I actually had Melissa stop it because it was so jarring for me. I was like, this cannot be the original song that was in here. So I don't, you know, we don't know what song you heard because the music has changed so many times but uh the original was by eagle eye cherry who mm-hmm. i loved from the 90s and have you know very has a very different feel than what we were hearing the song was falling in love again and you know they have this this sort of great rhythm with that song and it's you know it's still I mean, it's not an upbeat country song. Mm-hmm. It is still something of that time period that would have made sense. And there was a second song towards the end, which wasn't as bad when they were all having dinner together, but it was, again, just felt not Felicity. And it's so, funny you say that. Do you mean the one that they were, that was playing while they were all having dinner together in the dorm? Yes. So that song, okay, so the original airing had Bridge Over Troubled Water by Aretha Franklin. And I not and I went back and listened to that song, and that doesn't feel like the right song for this scene either. Um, so actually for me, we we heard Calling the Moon by Dar Williams. And I think 
for me, that song does work because this was an episode that was meant to be mostly funny. And it, I like that it had an upbeat button at the end, but like a pensive one, you know, it, it was, it was a song that had some, some grounding to it, but still felt upbeat. I think the Aretha Franklin version of Bridge Over Tro- Troubled Water is a little too heavy still for what this episode was. So I am glad for the change, whether or not they landed on the right song, I don't know. See, but that completely changes that last scene for me because I I actually love the choice of Bridge Over Troubled Water because in general, I do think the show has a, a bit of melancholy mm-hmm. under all of it. And we have seen a few scenes in this where you know, Ben's forgotten, Elena and her dad aren't getting along. But what you have at the end of it is a group of friends mm-hmm. who no matter what is going on, you know, Julie's been raped, Hannah and Noel are breaking up. You've got all of this stuff going on. And that song to me is so moving. I I love that song. And I think that would have completely changed that last scene for me. Yeah, Um, I think it would have changed the last scene, but I don't know if it would have matched what I understood of the episode's tone. So it's like maybe neither of them were the right song choice. I think lyrically, Bridge Over Troubled Water makes sense, but I think of it as such a heavy song. And this was an episode where I was largely laughing through the whole thing. Even with the stuff that was like, there were, there were people storylines who were more uncomfortable. There were heavier moments, but the overall episode felt like a balloon. It felt very light to me. And, and we get that even with how it starts, because, you know, we're coming off of two really heavy episodes with dealing with Julie's rape and the aftermath of it. And then the first thing we get in this scene is we're back at Dean and DeLuca. We're on Javier. He's talking about Nono being left outside and hop and Felicity's like, is Nono a dog? And he's like, no. <laughs> and you're like, what is Nono up to just not being allowed inside the house? And who is this Nono? Um, <laughs> so like we start that it's a very bold choice just to decide where you're going to start this episode after two very heavy ones and to say, we're going comedy right from the outset. Um, So for me, that was the tone of the episode and it got set right from the beginning. I I do agree. I think there's a ton of funny moments, but this is something I remember from watching it originally. I didn't ever think of Felicity as just a straight comedy. Mm -hmm. No episode was just funny. Mm -hmm. It would have these really funny moments that were almost spontaneous Mm -hmm. and then it would have these moments punctuated by music in Mm -hmm. particular that really were were deep Mm -hmm. and as I said had that kind of melancholy feeling to it yeah and so this just felt very out of place with the new music choices and I'd like to go back and see the original with all of the original music choices, because I have a feeling that I would have felt a lot more during the episode mm-hmm. had it had those high moments of just spontaneous laughter and then these, 
you know, more serious moments, even of people coming together and being friends with, I don't know, I, I still think Bridge Over Troubled Water is a brilliant song choice for that. So I don't know, I feel like I'm, now I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find it somewhere. Um, well, with that said, I guess I'll give a shout out here because on Instagram, we've been finding some really great Felicity fans and people who enjoy the show. And there's one account, Felicity Restoration Project, that's been working on restoring scene by scene, uh, not everything, but like a lot of key scenes. Uh, they've been going back and restoring the scenes with original music and you know, uh, Instagram's kind of a tough way to catalog it, but you might very well be able to go back and find scenes like this as they were intended. So, yeah, I love that account. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead because I think uh, they're already at season four, but I have listened to a couple of the scenes where the original music was put back in. And I'm hoping, I, I think I saw somewhere on there that uh, DVDs with all of the original music are going to be available at some point. Oh, cool. And I do want to, you know, want to be able to, to see that because music just makes the biggest difference for me. So, yeah, yeah music is really important to the show. And it's funny because like Aretha Franklin will be, and so I'm not sure how many Aretha Franklin songs there might've been in the original airings because I, uh, I'm really familiar with the songs from the DVD set. Cause that's where I've done most of my rewatching from. So, but like in one of my favorite episodes of the show, the Aretha theory that, you know, they have a whole little bit of dialogue about Aretha Franklin and it probably lands better if you've been getting Aretha Franklin songs as you go. Um, and it's the same thing with Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin had a lot of songs in the original airing of the show that, were stripped out for the DVD and the streaming versions. And there's a whole bit of dialogue about, you know, for some people, it's a really beloved scene much, much later in the series where Megan has this whole monologue about Sarah McLaughlin. And it probably lands better if that is what you've been hearing play, you know, up until that point underpinning the show. But I mean, I think, I think the point is still made to reference those artists, even in dialogue when you haven't had the songs but that was very much the vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so I also cool. want to go back to another really awkward moment. Um, so, you know, as things are coming to like a boiling point for the Hannah Felicity Noel dynamic, you're right. There's more than one bathroom scene where there's like kind of the stripping away of of the stuff on their faces, like them, they're taking off the masks, I guess you could say, sort of, and they're just kind of dealing with each other in their raw state. Nola's trying to uh, confirm Thanksgiving plans with Hannah, and Julie invites them to have dinner at the dorm, and Noel's like, oh, I can't handle this, <laughs> and he has this awesome scene where Ye Waverly Inn gets dropped, like, seven times. Uh, he's like, no, we're going to Ye Waverly Inn, and and it's like the Waverly and you're like, no, ye, ye Waverly in. Like I've been having dreams about it. I, we have to get out of here. <laughs> like, you can just see him about to spontaneously combust because it's looking more and more like they're about to get roped into doing Thanksgiving with the, the, the group. And Noel's like, I can't, I can't handle it. I can't, I must get out of situation. Ye Waverly in, ye Waverly in. And 
I just, I absolutely love that scene. Uh, I think it just was like a fever pitch moment that he keeps hitting at various <laughs> points in this episode. And yeah, Noel just doesn't have much chill, does he? He really doesn't, no. Yeah. And that scene in particular, if you've been watching Saturday Night Live uh, more contempor- contemporarily, this is uh, 2022 now. So there's a wonderful uh, Saturday Night Live with uh, sketch with uh, Pete Davidson, uh, who is being a a white rapper, mm-hmm. and he just keeps going ye 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 ye. It's got the ye, <laughs> and that's all I could think of <laughs> was like Noel try like either p davidson being in that scene or noel being on snl um just switching the two of them up because oh man that was a great scene that yeah. was really uh, fantastic gotta love it i think one other one other funny moment because there are a couple of heavier things to talk about in this episode but one other funny moment was you know turkey number one and turkey number two and oh my goodness. everything that happened around that, like turkey number one was a turkey with fur, maybe a turkey, maybe not a turkey. Turkey uh, quotes not a turkey with not a turkey uh, in a brown bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Julie's like, well, I got it from Chinatown. And Felicity opens up. She's like, oh, that is definitely not a turkey. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that might be also slightly racist but i would have expected at least like a duck or something like that um i was not expecting the fur yeah uh, or anything that had fur to still have it on it um but it was a pretty sad bag that was just dropped on the table it was a large brown paper bag it was which not, is that not large. something anything should be in no yeah i mean unless of course according to Javier, you're going to cook your turkey in it. And I will say, so I had this wonderful first Thanksgiving away from home in grad school. And there were about 20 people in my graduate program, and most of them were international. Mm -hmm. And then I had a roommate that I was living with on campus. And so I did the full Thanksgiving 20 pound turkey, like everything. So for people who who need to know, in order to cook a Thanksgiving turkey, you do need an oven mm-hmm. and a turkey. Mm-hmm. And these are two things <laughs> that Julie and Felicity did. They were sorely not lacking have. on both accounts. They really did not. And I just love the scene where Javier's like, all right, you'll just remember this. Put the turkey, you know, in a brown paper bag, put some water in, 350, three and a half hours, 15 pound turkey, go. So you've got to keep that bird moist. Yes, because that <laughs> is the main thing with a Thanksgiving turkey. You do. And I always cheat because I just buy the butterball turkeys, which have the butter injected into them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to baste it mm-hmm. for so long. Uh, and then I do kind of what Javier says. I put tin foil over the top of it so that it kind of self bastes and it came out perfectly. So oh. I was so proud and I, again, will try to find a picture, but 
I, this is an actual digital picture, unlike the other one I couldn't find. And it's just me in front of this giant turkey with this big smile on my face because I was so happy. And then a bunch of people, mostly from Latin America, came over and they did not understand Thanksgiving or what was happening, but they were extremely nice about it and asking all these questions and we just had a fantastic night so this whole episode just reminds me of that and it it was this great you know we all really liked each other and spent a lot of time together and it was fun and i mean it was just a great thanksgiving so i am happy that this this episode brought that back yeah i think this this episode makes you think about those moments in your life where you were able to connect you know sometimes sometimes holiday dinners when you're when you're like reestablishing where you're going to celebrate a holiday sometimes being in a new place i don't know it can create really special moments of connection with new people that you may or may not connect with again but it it does make it like a, i don't know it adds like a level of like this is a moment we all shared that you don't necessarily get if you're in an environment that you like take for granted. So yeah. I, I do appreciate that. And thank goodness, because Javier's turkey saved the day. Yes, it did. And it was beautiful. The thing that I find most unrealistic uh-huh. about this whole episode is that nobody was taking any pictures. Because, oh. I mean, you know, at least Julie was going to be, you know, taken out of camera or, I mean, Sean had that whole vending machine. That's true. Brought some, I mean, this is the perfect moment for the vending machine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. for Sean to get, you know, more traction around his invention, but we had a couple of more serious storylines that evolved here. One that I think was kind of a fully formed one was Elena or not fully formed, but sort of like self-contained in this episode. So, you know, Elena and her father, we know from uh, a previous episode that Elena uh, has one parent and, or one parent who's alive or in her life. And so we get to meet her dad and there's a lot of tension there, right? You know, her her dad is really focused on the routine that he's built for himself. And that seems really important to him. And Elena doesn't really see how she fits into that picture. And it seems like she t- tries really hard to get his attention and just can't seem to. Um, what did you think about that whole thing, Fish? Yeah, I, I really liked this as well. It seemed like her dad wasn't particularly academically focused and he was trying to do the best he could. You know, she handed him her paper and put down the remote and he looked at it and said, oh, this is so great. But he doesn't really have anything to say after that. It seems like they don't share a lot of common interests. Mm -hmm. And we start off that scene And he's talking about this television, which she could not care less about. So I think we see the two of them. It it seems like they care about each other. And Elena's just really hurt by the fact that she can't seem to get 
a connection moving forward with her father, something deeper, or maybe that they had when she was a little kid, because we do hear that he didn't even know what she was taking in school as a language during Mm -hmm. high school. So this has obviously been going on for a while. And, you know, he's got this apartment that's just, I mean, nice, but comfortable. And she doesn't, yeah, you're right. She just doesn't fit in there, even though both of them, I think, were trying and he was trying to invite her into Evie's place, you know, with his friends and she just wants to stay alone. But I think he knows it's just going to be kind of awkward if they do. Well, and different things are important to each of them, right? I mean, Evie, it sounds like Evie is a really important part of his world. And for Elena, you know, she just has completely different things that are important to her. So them having common ground in the right way to share these vacation moments together is, you know, doesn't seem like they'll be able to get there unless they talk about it. And, you know, for, for Elena... I feel like she's just at a place in this relationship with her father where she's disappointed. You know, she tries really hard to get his attention. She sounds really proud about the academic accomplishment she shares with him. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Next thing. And, you know, for her, I think she is used to being disappointed in that relationship and she expects more of it. And so it it becomes maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it's one that's been earned, right? I mean, she's been living this for quite some time. And I don't really know exactly what he wants in this scenario. Maybe he thinks it's enough that she's just there. But, you know, she makes that comment, you know, he's like, yeah, this is how many, you haven't really been coming back to visit me. And she's like, the trains go both ways. You've literally never once seen where I lived. And, you know, I think that hits home for him in that moment, but yeah, I I just, they, they're really far away from being on the same page and they're not going to get there by accident. No, but I think it's a wonderful step forward that he comes out and has Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. with, with her and her friends. He sees the dorm. I thought that that was a very touching moment after what was a very disappointing moment when Elena leaves and she's packing her stuff up and he's saying, well, aren't you at least going to come to dinner? Like you're leaving after dinner. And she's just like, no, I've, you know, I've got stuff to do and, you know, we're not really going to talk anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I'm hoping that we'll see in the future that things get a little better with the two of them. Uh, I mean, if they bring him back, but I really did like that. He came to Thanksgiving. I don't know how he found out about it. Um, maybe he just showed up at her dorm to say hi, cause he knew that she'd be there, mm-hmm. but it was nice to have him around the table with everybody else. Yeah. And to be welcomed into that group and, you know, the, the montage that we saw, even though you're coming for the music, uh, you're, you're coming straight at them. You're not having it. Nope, nope, nope. No, no, I don't like this new music. I'm just gonna go on record, recorded record here. Not fan. Well, you know, we talk about having a rant with the cynic, uh, (laughs) segment, and this was a light rant, but a rant nonetheless. I mean, I feel like a lot of your rants are fashion or in this case, music related. And we got both this time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Noel's shirt, not acceptable. All of what they did to Jennifer Garner as a beautiful woman, not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, music, not acceptable. Yeah. Well, so we got, uh, that's three strikes. Just three saying. strikes. Okay. Three strikes. Fair enough. But I do think we had a great scene with Noel and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them, their breakup scene is kind of how I wish any one of my breakups had gone. Mm-hmm. This is such a, I mean, it's a sad scene, but at the same time, it's very mature, very, you know, I have somebody over here, you have someone over there. Um, Hannah knows that it's Felicity and mm-hmm should think she'd have to be blind not to and deaf at this point mm-hmm. and they just have this mature conversation where it says you know it doesn't feel right and we're just you know kind of moving on and i wrote down best breakup ever because mine usually involve uh crying lots of crying which you know hannah did and um always doing it at awkward times. Although I guess Thanksgiving is a pretty awkward time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I mean, generally they handled it and then they sat down and had a Thanksgiving dinner together. Yeah. That is not something that ever would have happened with any of my exes. It's like, yeah, "Hmm, no, Well, I appreciate it for what it is in this episode. I will say for those of you listening in who are, who are versed in what happens later in this season, Watch the space. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good, good <laughs> to know. This is a breakup. I mean, you are absolutely right. Like this is a breakup scene and um, they handled it really maturely and with a lot of consideration about what the future was really going to look like. And it wasn't really about them. It was about, is this the future that we both want? And the answer was No or we're not so sure, or we have these other options that we want to explore. And so I think we are getting to a place of resolution here and it won't be the last time we see Jennifer Garner in this show, but it's uh, definitely a moment of like, this thing is closing out, you know, like the, the, you know, relationship that started in high school and we've been doing the long distance thing. This is not in, in this form, this cannot be. You know, so there, I think they've, ex- there's an acceptance to this here. Well, and I think it comes back to the fact that it's too much. It's just too much for Noel. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's too much for Hannah. I think had he really been all in and she's ready to settle down and move forward maybe that would have worked out even though there is this guy at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. But I just, Noel is not mature enough. He's not ready to settle down. He's, you know, kissing other people and they're his people he's supposed to be an RA for, playing with magic eight balls. I mean, he's just, he's not particularly mature. And then he decides that you know the best place to again declare his 
love-ish for Felicity is in the middle of the bathroom by just like attacking her face. This is, this is one of the things I was thinking about where I was like, is this a hamburger <laughs> or her face? He just has like this underlying look. I don't know. Maybe we all have completely different opinions on what a good kiss looks like. So for me, the, the ones that I think of as good aren't the ones that we are getting here. <laughs> like there there's um, when I think about because because Noel kisses people differently in this show. And so this isn't like the actor and how he kisses always like he does mix it up. And I so when I see him with Felicity in this scene, he looks like there's an urgency or, or like maybe I almost want to say a desperation for her that really reads in their physical chemistry. And so that's what I see from him. It's like not, there's not a patience there. There's, he has been patient in terms of the length of time he's been waiting for these things to happen. But then when the moment comes, he's all in like right away. And it, it really reads to me as like a a desperate need for her. Which some of us may think is hot, but I, do have a bone to pick with you because oh boy i know once you mentioned that thing about him like eating a hamburger yeah. i went back and i looked at that first kiss and while i still think it's really hot i also kind of see what you're saying and now it's a bit ruined for me oh, and no. probably all the ones <laughs> going forward will be too because i did notice in like the first lip lock yeah yeah he does kind of do that if i can push that image out of my head i like the passion uh i liked it when they like broke apart and then felicity grabs his head again Mm -hmm. and starts kissing him i think you know all of that just like built up tension and passion coming out is is really great Mm -hmm. but i i do kind of see where you were coming with the whole is he kind of eating her face ah why do i do these things i'm spoiling everybody's fun (laughs) so for anyone else who thought that that was a hot scene and now it's ruined it's the melissa fish at (laughs) gmail.com feel free to send in an email to melissa and let her know you know Go ahead and at me. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I can handle it. It's okay. I mean, I do think that that's part of Noel's story. And I think it was a choice in how Scott Foley played Noel. I, you know, I, I think that he, he's so, you know, cause you were talking about it with Hannah as like, he doesn't have the maturity But I think, and that may be true, and I'm not disputing that, but I think on another, from another framing, like he does have an emotional connection with one of these women and it is not Hannah anymore. And I mean, it it might be there to a degree, but if we're talking about like where he feels deeply emotionally connected, it is to Felicity. So I think, you know, maturity, yeah, I don't know that he's fully mature, 
I also don't know that maturity looks like being in a relationship where you don't feel that there's an emotional connection where you know that there's this other person you do have one with. So I think he's in a confusing place and he feels like he probably needs to sort that out because when the two of them are together, his rational thought goes completely out the window and he's just all reaction and he can, he knows it. He can see it. It's confusing him. He feels really uncomfortable about it. It almost sickens him. (laughs) Like he's like sweating for the whole episode, you know, so he's feeling it and it can't feel good. And he doesn't love that he's in this place. And he also hasn't been able to step away from it and articulate it. So like to have that conversation with Julie, where he's like, oh, this does make sense to you. She's like, yeah, uh, (laughs) this makes sense to everybody except you. Um, (laughs) it's, you know, it's a really normal thing, but when you're in that space, you have to find a way to, I don't know, decompress or like have a moment to like bring yourself back down to stasis. Like you can figure out what just happened and what it is you're thinking about something. So two things about that. I mean, he definitely has a physical connection with Felicity. I think it's at least to me, it seems a lot more like lust since Mm. he's just met her. And also he's been in this other relationship with Hannah and he says, I love her. And she says that she loves him. And I think that that is, you know, a connection that has matured over time and they've grown together and they care about each other. So I wouldn't take anything away from that. But we did see in their initial makeout session that maybe the spark has kind of gone a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's had time to build that type of connection with Felicity. It's just... He's very attracted to her, not just, not maybe not just physically, but also her personality, but it's still in the lust realm of things. So I don't see that as this kind of cosmic them coming together, love at first sight sort of thing right now, Mm -hmm. but maybe I will change my mind. Well, I think emotional connection could be not just like, like they're really valuable to each other, you know, like they, they want, you know, just in the way that like Felicity is really bothered by not being able to go to his room and talk to him. And I think to a degree, Noel wants to be around her. And I think there's probably, there's certainly lust in there, but also like, I think that he has a value for her as a person. And I think when Hannah comes back into town, they've, they're saying the words but I don't feel that either of them mean them. It's like, they're saying them to see if they still sound good. So like you can say, I love you and not really have a connection behind it, but you're saying it because you think you should be saying it or because you think that it you've done it in the past and you think you should keep it at the status quo. This, this feels like the Noel Hannah relationship is in a place of like, what should we be doing? Not what do we want to be doing? And I think the fact that they're through this episode trying to assess what it is they want to do is important. And their, their end point is like, oh, we don't want the same things or we don't want to be together. We actually do want the same thing and that's not to be together anymore. So it's like, I, I see it as like, they're kind of going through the motions of it 
trying to see if the spark is still there and then finding, oh, it's not. Yeah, I guess I saw it a little bit differently. I mean, if they had come together at first and maybe in that first makeout scene had said like, I love you, I love you, and then started making out, I could have seen that as more going through the motions. But I don't think Jennifer Garner had to say that she loved him at that point. They already said they had other people Mm -hmm. and they were breaking up. That was already done. Mm -hmm. So her looking at him and saying, I still love you. Isn't it wasn't a I'm trying this on to see if it still feels right. They'd already broken up and she's just expressing to him, like, I still have these deep feelings for you, but we're no longer right as a couple. Mm-hmm. So I guess I saw it as, you know, just still having feelings for someone that don't go away immediately. Mm-hmm but they really were off on the the physical part and they were both thinking about other people, mm-hmm. you know, Noel yeah. in his sweaty, um, I mean, he uses a, a word that we shouldn't be using anymore, but tends to be used more in the US. Um, but he's, it's like an S word. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says that he, or sorry, he, in his own way, is really kind of out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And then she's off calling somebody else and checking in with them, because that's really what she wants to be doing Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving, is talking to this other person. So, you know, you can still care about someone a lot and know that you're not right for each other for whatever reason. Yeah. And so that's why I felt it was, it's almost more heartbreaking because of that, Mm -hmm. which is again, where I have an issue with the music because these sort of heartbreaking moments, I just feel the more when they have music that goes along with them, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah. Well, I'm curious, actually, I want to throw this to the listeners too. you know, Hannah and Noel and that whole dynamic, you know, what are, what are you seeing from them here? You know, what, what, and knowing that some of you may have a lot more future thoughts to roll into your thoughts about this episode, you know, I'd love to know what people think about the Hannah and Noel dynamic, because I think on the surface, they have this relationship that is getting to a heavier place that, you know, is, is really involving ma- making major life decisions together uh, when they're young. And, you know, there's a lot that's wrapped up into that. And they're trying to have honest conversations here. And I appreciate that. And what, what do people think about it? Feel free to write in and tell us at the Melissa Fish at gmail.com. We've gotten Felicity and Ben missives. So why not a Hannah and Noel breakdown? Like we'd love to see it, but I am interested actually, there's, there's one other person who we haven't really talked about very much, uh, Julie, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I like about what this show does is that we just had two episodes. Well, really one full episode and like the hint of it at the end of the episode prior where we deal with Julie Uh, being sexually assaulted and, you know, going through the state rape experience. And they tried to tell us the story of the aftermath of the rape in one episode with 
you know, a few minutes of the previous episode as well to cover it. And it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a big topic to take on and they tried to put something of an end point on it so they could move into other storylines. But one of the things that I do appreciate is that they didn't then just say, oh, this never happened anymore. Like they're not saying we're pretending that this isn't part of her story for the sake of the other storylines. They're saying this is part of her journey and we're going to keep referencing it and acknowledging it. And she is still dealing with this, but we are moving forward. And so we're going to see in this episode that she's still dealing with it. She's trying to figure out, you know, how and when, and if she wants to tell her parents about it, she wants them to be supportive, but she's worried that they're, the relationship with them is going to change when they know that she was raped. She's trying to you know, decide if she wants to avoid that conversation or go into it. So she spends Thanksgiving in the dorm so that she can put it off a little bit longer. Um, and this is a storyline that's going to keep impacting her, not just see this season, but in the future. So I appreciate that the show did that and that they're still showing that you know, Felicity is trying to figure out how to be for Julie at this time. The other characters don't really talk about it with her at all, but Felicity is that really close level of connection. And she's trying to figure out how to show up for Julie without really having the tools to know it. Yeah. It's very nice of her to stay and have this Thanksgiving dinner and attempt to cook sweet potatoes in a microwave together with Julie. And and I think, you know, this is Felicity's strong suit, right? Is just being there for people. And Julie did say, I do think it's going to be lonely. So Felicity hears that and decides to stay. And it ends up being a, a great decision considering everybody else ends up there for different reasons. Um, and, you know, I, I, one of the, I think most heartbreaking moments in this whole episode was during the end of when they're having the dinner scene together and you see Elena and her dad hugging in the hallway. And earlier Julie had said, you know, I, I don't want to tell my parents about this because they're going to look at me differently. And then later she says, I just want them to come in here and put their arms around me and say nothing. Mm-hmm. She just wants that comfort and protection and love of her family. And what you see in that scene between Elena and her dad is they're down the hallway and then it's shot behind Julie Mm -hmm. and you see her looking down the hallway and seeing Elena having this moment with her dad that she basically described as exactly what she wanted from her parents. Mm -hmm. And besides the two of them, she's the only one in that shot. And I just say again, I feel like that would have been punctuated better by bridge over troubled waters than a more upbeat uh, song, mm-hmm. but it really was a great shot. Well, I think we were seeing two different tones of story play out at that point, right? Because 
And I think, I think the camera work there was beautiful and it really punctuated that storyline. It was this a moment of resolution for Elena and her father and a moment of coming together. And, and Julie was like, ah, that's, that's what I want. Um, that's what I was looking for. And I think, you know, with that final dinner scene, I think that what you were seeing was the, uh, the breakup at the table and that moment with Julie at the table. But what I was seeing, and this actually leads into my note from an optimist, uh, the power of new community for anybody who's, you know, when you grow up and you have holidays with family or whoever you have holidays with, there's probably, there may be a consistency around how you have holidays or what they look like for you as you're growing up. And then as you become an adult, things shift. You're living in new places. Maybe you're in college. Maybe I, you know, I lived abroad for quite some time. You know, you had grad school. We have, we start to live different lives as adults. You're making choices about what your future is going to look like. And it doesn't always make it easy or possible or just things change to go back to the type of holiday you used to have when you were younger. And so you start to, for some of us, that means having to reform what your holidays look like. And, you know, Thanksgiving could be one of them, right? And I think for Thanksgiving, if you find yourself in a new environment, you know, it is the sort of holiday where you can sit, embrace the new community around you and realize that they are now a new family for you. You know, you've got many families now, hopefully, you know, not everybody does, but you've got this something new that's built. And I think the feeling of having a new community around you that you're part of, it almost sometimes feels like a chosen community that you're in uh, because there was agency in how you got there to begin with. And I, I like the feeling of that. You know, I've had some really special Thanksgivings with like new people and like groups of people that I've purposely put myself in. And uh, there's like an empowerment about that. And there's something about a holiday with people that it's like, we all made this choice where it's, it's, um, it's like, you can't take it for granted. Like you're, you made the decision to be in this room with these people having this meal. And so it feels, it feels like ownership, like a different level of ownership for everybody. So I felt that in that room, the things that they all appreciated about each other or were learning and they're new friends, but they're still friends. They are a community. They're there for each other in this moment. And this moment is all we have. So it's, um, for me, I really appreciate that the power of new community and how you feel it in that scene. So I think that's why for me, I wanted that happier song because I'm, I'm thinking more about where are they headed and like wherever they came from, they're in this room together right now. And that makes a lot of sense. I think for me, it's, I saw a lot in the way of new beginnings around the table. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, it's that this group is going to be together and strong together mm-hmm. moving forward. And, you know, this is, this is the time for new community. I mean, there's not another holiday out there celebrating when, you know, the people from England came over and shared their blankets and bullets with, uh, you know, indigenous people 
here in America. <clears throat> Maybe not the best holiday. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But Fair we enough. still celebrate it. We still yeah. celebrate it. Yeah. We, yeah. We need a new a new holiday. I like how people call it Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Well, I think it's Friendsgiving if it's with your friends, right? I mean, well, I think yes. the I think the idea of Thanksgiving holds up even under a reframing. Like if you can get there, you know, it's like, well, it is, you know, what are we thankful for today? And I think you can you could move forward with a new interpretation of the word if you lose the history behind it and have it still be something valuable. And that's kind of how I choose to look at it in terms of how I've celebrated in the past of like, well, if we're taking this as a day of gratitude, I think the idea is a good one not any day, not just specifically this one day of the year. So it's, uh, you know, it's fraught, that holiday. <laughs> like many others, mm-hmm. yes. But it is nice to come together and say what you're thankful for and eat a lot of turkey. That's for sure. Well, um Actually, Fish, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? So my family's got some very interesting and eclectic things that we bring together. But I guess the one that we always have and have always had, I think it's an Eastern Shore of Maryland thing where a lot of my uh, family's from. But it is a pineapple bread pudding. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, huh. it's really good. I mean, it's like bread pudding, but filled with pineapple. Um, so that's, that's one that just always reminds me of home and it's really easy to cook. I do love cooking. So uh, that one, you know, make a nice little casserole dish out of that. Uh, how about you? Well, I don't love cooking, so I generally don't bother. But if you were saying, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? I'm going to say anything in the yams, like the candy yams or sweet potato Uh, family. Um, Are you a marshmallow or not a marshmallow person? Well, hey, I'll do anything. Any version of that dish is a-okay with me. Growing up, we did like, there was no marshmallows and it was actually yams with a ton of sherry and brown sugar. Um, it was really good. Uh, but really anything in that family is fine with me and also pumpkin pie. So I think you're getting a sense of my priorities. Um, I have a sweet tooth and that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the ticket for me. I could do without a lot of the other dishes. Actually, if you gave me a whole plate full of that, I'd be fine. Uh, listeners, what's your favorite food for Thanksgiving, or if you have a similar holiday, wherever you're from, what do you like to eat? I'd be really curious to know what people are celebrating around the world and what they eat. Just food for thought. <laughs> nice oh, boy. Very nice. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to dive into our, what Sally said, what Sally meant segment. You had a lot of work to do last time to, to, you know, pulled together what Sally meant on the back of a really heavy episode. This was a very different episode. Um, We did get a tape from Sally and you know what she really meant to say. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. So let's go into it. So she says, dear Felicity, I planned on spending Thanksgiving by myself this year. 
I had it all planned out. A microwave dinner, a couple bottles of red wine, and an action movie marathon. Bloodsport, Predator, and of course, Commando. Wow. Okay. I thought it would be too hard to try and celebrate the holiday with new friends in this new place. And you know how much I love the final island scene in Commando. Schwarzenegger rocks up 74 kills, two throat slits, 51 people shot, one person stabbed, two people stabbed by circular blades, five people blown up by grenades, five people blown up by rocket launchers, seven people blown up by planted explosives, and one person impaled. This man should run for political office. I'd vote for him. But then Emmett and a bunch of friends from work showed up at my place with all this food. It would have been nice to have some advance notice. So I didn't answer the door in my old bathrobe with the large hole in the butt. And that white stuff on my face from bleaching my mustache. And the avocado face mask and a shower cap. It's incredible, really. One minute you're standing in a new place with nothing but your suitcase. It was really sweet of them, though. They brought a huge turkey, sausage stuffing, cream spinach, homemade gravy, a wedge salad with lots of bacon, and pumpkin pie with a crisp butter crust covered in whipped cream and ice cream. (sighs) If only I wasn't a vegan. And then you look around and suddenly you realize you're surrounded by family. But we ended up having a great night anyway. Emmett actually tried my avocado face mask after everyone else left. He added a few movies from his own list and I fell asleep in his arms with a soothing voice whispering in my ear, yippee ki motherfucker. Wow. Holy smokes. How she likes to do it. Sally is a woman with of many facets. She's a multifaceted woman. Um, I also like that. Yeah. I also like the theme around avocados that you pulled from here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where she is, right? She's, she's got a, gotta love the avocado face mask and I don't know, maybe using some of it for chips considering she couldn't eat anything that people brought with them. Gosh, she's a vegan. Yeah. And, you know, Felicity planted this idea with the avocado pit. And Mm -hmm. so she saw avocado and she's like, oh, how can I get some of that? Absolutely. And she's probably the one that gave Felicity the idea. Mm, Very true. Gosh, we have a whole backstory developing here. I love it. This Mm -hmm. is good stuff. So, one thing I wanted to say, because I was kind of looking through our listener feedback and Although nobody specifically touched on this episode, I thought in the spirit of an episode like this, and we're talking about new friends and new community, and we have been forming new community through this podcast and starting to meet some amazing people out there who enjoy the show or who regularly rewatch it. So I thought I'd highlight one of them today. We heard, so this is the, after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. And we heard from Marcella and she said, Felicity is like my inspiration for the day. I'm a dancer. And every morning I wake up at 5 a.m. and do a whole workout while I watch a few of my favorite episodes of Felicity. It's such a criminally underrated show. 
So just one of the cool people that we're meeting here, you know, I don't know about 5am wake ups. That's not, not my speed. I'll tell you that, uh, Marcella, but it's so fun that we get to know how you experience Felicity and how Felicity is still kept alive for you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to give you kudos on the 5am. I remember those from, from college and our two a day workouts and that's not a fun time to be up in the morning, but that shows some real commitment to, uh, to dance. And I love that, uh, that Felicity's there just making sure you're, you're up and ready and cheering you on. So love to hear about that. And Carrie Russell was a dancer. So I think that's a, a good person to have on your screen as that extra layer of inspiration. Nice. Yeah. Well, having said that, and and hey, having said that, we would love to hear from anybody who's who's listening or who's a fan of the show. It's been really fun to uncover. Like it seems like there are a lot of introverts out there still watching Felicity, and we're all finding each other when we talk about it online or in podcasts. So we'd love to meet you, you know, as well. So feel free to write to us, send us your feedback, tell us, you know, your experience with the show. Uh, if you're an artist and you want to share Felicity fan art, we'd love to hear from you about that too. So you can write us at the Melissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, the Melissafish at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram. There's a lot of cool people that we're meeting on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And if you're interested in knowing when these episodes drop, our podcast episodes drop, we send out a newsletter every time we uh, have published a new episode. So you can find a link to sign up for that in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this now. But Fish, what did you think about this episode overall? Let's rate the episode. Yes. So as I said earlier, I really like that they were able to bring in both family and friends and it brought back a few memories of my own. Do have to mark it down for the music, although that's not really their fault, I guess, as an overall episode, at least not the original creator's fault. So, but I have to rate what I actually saw. So I, but I still really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it, you know, a solid seven out of 10 gloves. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, as you all know, I rate in a different unit of measurement each week. And this time there were a lot of options for this episode. I had an embarrassment of units of measurement options um, to deal with here. And I went with Yee Waverly Inns. Ah, yes. I was really torn about it, but that's the funniest part of the episode for me of many funny parts. So I'm going for it. I actually gave this one a nine out of 10. You were really ends. I think they did a lot of really good things in this episode. The music, especially the last song landed better for me than it did for you, which helps, but it's also not a 10. I have kind of an idea where my tens are. So I, or at least a couple. So I know that this isn't quite there for me in terms of, you know, the, the overall, uh, how sort of the story they were telling how cleanly they got there. But for me, it was a really strong one. And I do feel like this is an episode people think about and talk about a lot as an episode that they like. And so I think there's a belovedness about this first Thanksgiving episode 
for the community that watches Felicity. So I went there, but I have to tell you the next episode. I am so excited. It's called finally, and we are finally getting there. (laughs) And if you were to say to me, Melissa, what is your favorite episode of Felicity? There's two episodes that come to my mind and this is one of them finally. So we'll see. I mean, we're watching it in so much detail now and talking about it in such depth. I hope that it'll like live up to what it is in my mind to go back to it. Um, but just know everybody that on the very next episode, I am going to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Consider yourself warned. I am like way too pumped up about this and it may come off as, uh, just embarrassing and something I'll regret later, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just have to let you all know she has an allergic reaction to beets Mm -hmm. and she may be eating some ahead of this and just become very excited. So yeah, it's going to be great. For those of you who like the episode, finally, we're going to do it some justice next time. So, um, just get yourself ready, get your beets get your smart powder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe get your M&Ms. We'll see how it goes. But that's everything that I wanted to say for this one today. I think we covered a lot of ground with it. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention about Thanksgiving fish? No, I, uh, I think that we covered everything that, that I had written down. I just, I did love, I did love this one, but I don't know, I guess maybe I do like the, I don't know, the darker episodes more just because they kind of hit me, mm-hmm. uh, more emotionally. And I, and I do think this one would have too, um, had they, they changed up the soundtrack because there were, you know, a lot of moving moments in it. Um, so yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a darker one. Well, I have no idea what happens, but I mean, you've certainly hyped it up. So now I'm, I'm hoping it lives up to, uh, to my expectations, which are very high. Well, I'm glad to put them there squarely, you know, in the high expectations range. I, um, it's not a darker episode of Felicity. I do like the dark. I, I, I like the fact that the show Felicity has the dark and the light. I like the fact that they've got the serious, storylines and the really heavy exploration of relationships but also the comedy i i find comedy funnier when it's, when it's embedded in that next episode i think is more just like straight up comedy but uh we'll we'll see how it goes for you you know your mileage may vary if you like the heavier episodes more but goodness it's a master class <laughs> yeah so i guess that's all the things we wanted to cover today. Until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.